1: Coach Roger Fans, welcome to the Parastyle Podcast on a Monday. Back to our regular schedule here on the Parastyle Podcast. We're going to talk with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm, of course, your host, Ryan Abraham, publisher of USCFootball.com. Follow me on Twitter at Inside Troy. And we're going to talk about USC getting a win, getting a win, notch in the win column, beating Arizona State. Uh, home for four of the next five games, or now three of the next four games, but getting a win, really important for Clay Helton. We're going to talk about that and answer your questions about the team. So if you want to email us, podcast at uscfootball.com, that's the email address, or you can call us by calling 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or just go to our website, peristylepodcast.com, uh, from your mobile device, your computer, you can leave us a voicemail. Right from there, we're on iTunes, iTunes.com slash Podcast. We're on Google Play. Audio Boom, Stitcher Radio, a lot of different ways. Tune in radio, a whole bunch of different podcast apps you can find us. And if there's one that you like and we're not on it, just email us and I'll make sure we get added to that one too. All right, well, let's bring in the coach. Coach every hot, get to talk about a win this week. What's going on, sir?
0: Everything is great, buddy. It's uh, you know, moving along. Whenever you win, I, what do I always say? Winning solves everything, at least it throws water in the fire and uh things are uh always good after a big win and I know that uh, we have a lot of questions answered. You know, right, I wanna I, I wanna just mention this to all of our listeners out there. You mentioned your website. Mine is HarveyHyde dot com. It's HarveyHigh dot com. And you know, I've been requested to do a lot of motivational speaking lately, and I and a lot of people out there that listen might need someone to come in and fire up their company or whatever. So, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, if it's somewhere in the area, now I'm not maybe going to fly to Germany, but uh, well, I might fly to Germany if it pays enough. I might fly to Germany, okay, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, say I won't do anything, but uh, please contact me, and we can always work out something. So, again, uh, yeah, just uh, as you said, Twitter me or whatever you need to do. Email me or uh, at Coach Harvey Hyde, at Coach Harvey Hyde, and we'll get it done. And thank you for letting me do this.
1: Of course, Coach. Uh, yeah, motivational speaker. See, he motivates me, guys. So if you need a motivational speaker, Coach Harvey Hyde, go to Coach com. right? Just dot com. Yeah. Okay. Just HarveyHyde.com or on Twitter is at Coach Harvey Hyde. I wanted to thank our sponsor for this segment too, uh, Southern California tickets. So go to sctickets.com. Like I said, three of the next four weeks, you got, uh, USC home games. You got the Rams. Uh, they got, they're going to be home this weekend against the Bills. If you got tickets to any other sporting event, of course, Dodger baseball, uh, playoff baseball is coming up. Uh, that's all in LA, but there's stuff all across the country and sctickets.com can help you out. Call them at 1-800-888-7287. Not just sports. They got the theater and plays, things like that too. Anything you need tickets for, go to sctickets.com and they should be able to help you out. All right, coach. Well, we got to talk about the win. Uh, certainly it's a good one for Clay Helton. He needed it. His first win against a power five program since he was named the permanent head coach after the win over UCLA. Last year. So I, I think it was really important, uh, for just the psyche of this team. And there was, there was thoughts coach that man, that's, that Sam Darnold kid looks really good against Utah. But because the team didn't win, you know, it was tempered a little bit, but then he comes out, you know, throws for 350 yards or whatever. Juju over a hundred, Justin Davis over a hundred. It just seemed, you know, kind of like USA football of old, I guess. And it, it, it got people fired up again. So I think this is exactly what. Clay Helton and the Trojans needed. It's not going to get easier. I mean, that Colorado's coming in, they're a ranked team. Of course, a lot of tough games left on the schedule, but this was at least a step in the right direction.
0: Well, it has, and, you know, he's the real deal. I just want to say this. Uh, He's the real deal. He's the thing that sparks the life into the offense. Uh, He makes plays. He's a playmaker. He's in control. I've never seen him panic, ever. Like that pitch-back pass that he scrambled around, picked it up, Ran to the sideline and threw that strike down the field. I mean, he's a he's a guy that's in control of the offense, and he knows how to get the ball to the playmakers. And you don't see a lot of the illegal procedures. Yeah, you can have a few penalties. Every every team has a few penalties. But you know, when you see him come off the side out to the sideline, he's calm. He's he's not uh, panicked. He's got uh, he's got fire in his eyes and. And, and I just like the kid. I just like him. It's just amazing. Now I'm not, not in meetings and I'm not around these kids personally, so I don't know them that it took so long to figure this out. This kid a, is a real winner and, and I, I really think that he might, he's the best thing that's come along in a long time at USC since, you know, the Mighty Three, the Heisman Trophy winners and all of those guys. I think he's a great player. He's the real deal. I think they've always got a chance. You always got a chance when you have a quarterback. If you look at all the big games and uh, the top-ranked teams in the country, they all got a quarterback. And he runs just well enough to continue running the offense they're running. If you he ran the one keep for a touchdown, just to keep you honest. He can scramble around. He's not fast, but he knows how to get away and use his athletic abilities. That, get the ball off or don't take that sack. I was so impressed. You've heard me talk about it in the fall camp, how guys were getting sacked, guys were getting sacked. What's going on? you got to teach them to throw the ball away. Well, in this game, when plays weren't there, the screen, where he scrambled around and the route wasn't there, it was covered, he simply threw it out of bounds. Well, he's playing like a pro. That's what you do. You're in charge of the game. And I really like the way he runs the show out there. You you know he's in charge. And I think your quarterback's got to, whether he's a rah-rah guy or a quiet guy or whatever, you got to have a guy be in charge. And, and Sam Darnold is in charge when he's on the field. You know, he's involved in three touchdown passes and runs for the other. I mean, you know, he spreads the ball around to everybody. It's not just one guy's show. Yet it becomes the star show because they can't play him so tight as they what they did. And then out throwing the ball to the middle of the field with seams and a curl route and uh, slant routes, things they haven't been doing. And and let's say this too, I want to give a a call out to the coaching staff. A lot of this had to do with play calling and making sure the team had a rhythm. And for the first time The offense had a rhythm to what they were trying to accomplish. That's why you had the success of what was going on. You kept Arizona State off balance. And I thought that was a good start to the game. I mean, when you're up 27-6 at halftime, you got to learn only one thing. you got to finish. I wasn't happy with the way the team finished. I wasn't happy the way when the reserves came in, they didn't play at the same tempo, the same intensity. The play calling got off a little bit, too. You've got to be the aggressor offensively and defensively. And the defensive side of the football, I think, did a tremendous job because they didn't sit back. They confused Arizona State. They stunted. They blitzed. They played off. They did all the things to keep the offense off balance, things they haven't done they did in this game. And really, you could say Arizona State didn't look like a good football team. No. Because of the way USC attacked them and the way they played them, Arizona State basically, except for the end of the game, gave up, including their coaches.
1: Yeah, they, uh, they did not look the same, coach. There was a team that was scoring 22 points in the fourth quarter alone. And, uh, you know, they scored some points this week in the fourth quarter, or, you know, Saturday in the fourth quarter, but that was just when the, when the reserves came in, but they did not look yeah, I mean, USC made them look bad. Um We've seen that from Arizona State before, that one week they could look great. Uh, You know, I think it was last year, even, USC beat them pretty badly, and then they turn around and beat UCLA pretty badly. So it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, there's a little Jekyll and Hyde going on with Arizona State. But, you know, USC did, took care of business, did what they needed to do. And you mentioned the play calling, Coach. Sean had a question. He says, was the play calling that much better or was it just better execution by the players?
0: Well, it was a combination of both. First of all, the players, as you've, as you've heard me say all year, they played hard. The players have played hard in every game. But again, you've got to put them in a position where their play hard takes makes a difference. And this time, they, it made a difference, both on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. You've made them, uh, their efforts pay off as far as the running of the football and the mixing up of the plays. Whenever you can run the football, your play-action pass is going to work. And you can see it happening. It was happening. They had to play the run. You ran at the strength of their defense. And you had success at it. Well, when that happens, then you can attack the weakness of their defense, which was their secondary. It was great uh, effort by both the play calling was a lot better. Now, it can get better. Don't get me wrong, but it was a, certainly an improvement over what they've been doing in the past. It was in the past, it looked like 31 flavors. We were back to what offense are you running? Then now we're trying to understand, and I think you have a picture of what they can do. It's not a lot, but what you do, do well. And attack what people give you. And just keep doing that until they stop you. And when they stop you doing that, then... Take Go back to what they've made the adjustments on to make that work. Take advantage of that. And the same thing on the defensive side of the football. What the defensive stunning and the blitzing, and the, they caused them illegal procedures many times by showing that they were coming after him and they backed off. And then they went after him hard and they got sacked. They got three sacks. I mean, you got to put pressure on somebody. when 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 the guy can stay back there and just know he's going to be comfortable, Everything's going to be okay. Hey, man, I could maybe even stand back there. But if I got an idea in my mind that, hey, I got hit last time from the blind side or they're coming, I, I don't feel quite as confident as far as standing in there. But it doesn't feel good to get hit by these guys. I thought that the defense played hard. I was impressed with the way they shut down the running game of Arizona State. They attempted to run the ball, to run the ball. They didn't have any success, so they were forced to throw the football. And uh, when they threw the football, USC was playing good defense, and they also came after him. So, you know, there were some great plays made on the defense side of the football. Coverages were good. I thought the secondary filled really well, the way they came up and filled on tackles. And again, how many times have we said this? The number of yards after the catch. How many broken tackles? When you put your great athletes in space, it's all over. And you saw Justin Davis in space. You saw Juju Smith-Schuster in space. You see these players in space. Hey, it's pretty tough to tackle these guys and slow them down. And that's what they've been able to do. And I think they need to continue doing that and getting better at it.
1: Coach, you mentioned uh, great athletes. And uh, the, the next question, the first part of it has to do with the athletes. And it, it's funny because when USC starts going on a losing streak or whatever, you know, they're losing games. People are like, ah, the talent's overrated. They're really not that talented. There's just not that many great players. That's really what it is. And then they beat a team like you saw against Arizona State, and then people are like, well, they just have way better players than they do. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's it's funny how it goes back and forth. Uh, I I tend to think that that all the four and five star talent it's a it, it is a very talented team that's underachieved uh, like we've seen. But the G has a two part question for you. He's and the first part is. Did the scoreboard reflect uh, improvement in all phases of the Trojans game or was the Arizona State team just not as talented as the Trojans
0: well there are there are improvements and there are things you better get get better getting better at I'm telling you I mean you better learn to get people on the field on your punt return teams I, I mean I don't know they had trouble getting people on the field on their pat teams but in this case uh, they didn't lose a game because of it but they burnt timeouts I mean, you've got to be able to have 11 guys on the field. You've got to be in the game. You've got to be concentrating. You've got to have your group all together. you got to know what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of minds wandering. First of all, there's a lot of people on the sideline. I don't know who all those people are on the sideline, but there's a reason to be there, I guess. Uh, you know, you, your players sort of get lost on the sideline. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. But there's so many people that around that are wearing black shirts or whatever. I don't know. Maybe these are heavy donors or whatever. But they're in the way. Excuse me for saying that. They're in the way. You can't coach your game. Not that they shouldn't be down on maybe on each end of the bench, but they're right in there where the play calling's going on and everything. Like they're listening to the plays or whatever. And then, again, I think there should be greater communication with your quarterback. Uh, Max Brown during the game, he he just walked around with his white hat on and watched the game. There's no one. He should have a headset on the whole time to stay in the game and stay motivated. So when you go into the game, you got a feel of the game, and you're not just uh, I'm going in the game. I don't you know if I really want to be in the game. So I think they've got to learn to get their players on the field. They've got now they were two for two in the field goal, and he had a nice long kick. But you gotta get that down. You gotta be better than two for two. So the kicking game, there is areas that need to be improved there. On, on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, you've gotta be able to continue to improve there. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, your defensive linemen are thin. But I thought they played hard. They played hard on the defensive side of the ball. They really did. Guys stepped up and really played hard. I think Port Augustine played a tough game. Smith played a tough game and saw Hutchings all over the field. Uh, Davis was all over the field. McCray was all over the field. Uh, You've got to see people in the picture on the screen, and these guys were on the screen getting around the field. But, you know, you can't break down. Can't allow breakdowns on the field. So what was the second part of that question?
1: Okay, so that was that's all I only wanted to do the first part. Um, so that's – all right, that's good. The second part is, as a head coach, what do you stress in the coming week or weeks in practice in order to continue improving in all phases of the game?
0: Well, I think what you do is you continue to improve yourself as a coach too. You You have meetings on how can I get better. I'm asking the kids to get better. How can I get better? Like, for example, now, and we would have been talking about if Arizona State would have won this game, the whole week conversation would have been the first series of plays that, that USC ran. That would have been the conversation the whole week. As far as the three plays they ran before they went for it on fourth down. Made no sense, okay? So, but, that's the type of stuff you gotta get straightened away and then don't try to justify it later. Because there's no way you can justify that. You look like a fool when you try to explain. That's why you did that. It's better to say, "I must have had a stroke or something," because I don't know why I went on fourth down. I mean, that makes sense. So get away from that, and we won't talk about it anymore. But if that would have been the whole conversation this week, if they lost that football game, so you try to get better as coaches. You coach better. You try to put it put it. Put together better game plans. You try to go a little farther on what you need to do. Like you don't run a jet sweep on the first play of the game. You set those things up when you've got pursuit going, and you got to get a counter back into this game. And what I like, too, was you're starting to play your players more. Justin Davis stayed in the game. You can't be into all this ro- rotation and intramural play. Your best players stay on the field. And you make sure you get the ball to your best players. Now, on a couple of the rotations that I saw, this Burnett is really coming into being a great player. Okay, so uh, he get when you get him the ball, he's a threat. Darius Rogers is a good player. He didn't catch a lot of balls, but they know now they have to cover him because he's going to make a big play if you don't cover him. And then Juju had the opportunity of running a curl route. My gosh, they ran a curl route to him and also they ran a slant route and they ran the seam route and some things with these receivers which are great quick hitting plays so you've got to be able to learn on offense how to not allow the defenses to figure you out have formation tendencies or play form uh for uh tendencies or down distance uh uh tendencies or hash mouth hash mark tendencies. You've got to always be ahead of your opponent, and then you add to it, and you get better, and you practice calling the game, and you practice working as a unit on and off the field, and you communicate with your players, and then you execute it, and you hope that you can win by it. On the defensive side of the football, you do the same thing. You can't have breakdowns. You remember in the first couple of games, they had mental breakdowns in the secondary. Players wide open. Well, you didn't see that this week. You had guys making catches, but guys were covering them. You had a couple of pass interferences, but if you're playing great defense, you're going to get those occasionally. But, you know, those are effort type of penalties. They're not stupid penalties. They're breakdowns mentally, and you've got to be able to tackle well. And I thought they tackled pretty well against Arizona State. So they got better, but it's not good enough because Colorado's coming in town. I want you to know Colorado – uh, you know USC is what a four point favorite and this is the first time they've been a single digit favorite ever against Colorado so Colorado's Mike Mike McIntyre's done a great job there and they can score points so again you can only celebrate this victory one day but as I tell you right now Colorado's looking forward to playing USC it's not like they're afraid of USC. They have now been to the big house. They played before 111,000 people this year. That's their only loss of the year. So, again, they want to find out how good they are, too, especially in Southern California. So, another great contest.
1: It will be this weekend, Coach, and, uh 1 p.m. Early game in the Coliseum on Pac-12 Network. Uh, we'll have all the coverage, of course, on USCfootball.com. Let's keep going with the questions, Coach. We have Tarek who wrote in and said, should USC drop the running back rotation and just ride Justin Davis? He's been having some monster games lately.
0: Well, I think we just talked about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, I think Jones is a great running back too, but, you know, there's a time and place for him. He's a youngster. His time will come. Uh, you got to wait for your time to come, son. Uh, You're a great player and I want you to be that way. I want you to feel like you can get in the game. But right now, the object, the object of us is to win football games. And we gotta keep our best players on the field at all times. And right now, Justin Davis, there's no question in my mind, is the best running back. And what they're doing currently right now, whether I believe in it right or wrong, or they should be running more two-back stuff or whatever, doesn't make any difference. But you want your best ball carrier carrying the football and he's elusive, he's a strong runner, he has a good feel for the field, he breaks tackles. So right now he's the best player and that's who should be carrying the ball. And one thing that gets me is Coach held keeps saying he wants him to carry the ball twenty five times a game, twenty five times a game. (laughs) Well that's great, but you gotta give him the ball to run twenty five times a game and then you can't rotate people all the time. So Give a realistic idea of what you're planning on doing.
1: We actually get a lot of questions, coach, about Ronald Jones. And one of the things that I talked to, to Dan Weber about a little bit is Justin Davis is a more all-around back. If he comes into the game, it could be to pick up blitzes. It could be to catch a ball out of the backfield or, or run the football. Usually if Ronald Jones is coming in the game, he's going to run the football. So I don't know if that, you know, if a defense could key off of something like that and they know, Hey, when he's in, he's running and if that's hurt his production at all. But that's something Dan and I have talked about.
0: Oh, there's no question about it. Uh, He's uh, not a big back, and and he's not a great pass blocker. In fact, the backs really don't pass block well, none of them, okay? Uh, I sort of question the techniques, the way they block, but that's all right. We're not into that. But there's a lot of times if you see him come into the game, and you think it is a pass situation, long down, then you want to bring somebody over him. that will overpower him because if he is pass blocking, you're going to get to the quarterback. So if he's in the game and it's third and fifteen or whatever, then it might be a good time to go after him or go where he's supposed to pick you up. Or if he's going out on the pass route, uh, then you know, give him a chug or whatever you need to do, grab him. I'm not telling, advocating holding, but then get to the quarterback because uh, he is not a pass blocker type of guy. You don't go out and chop guys, because that's the way he wants to block you all the time. He wants to chop you. And I don't blame him, because he can't step up there. He's not physical enough to take on a big guy in a pass rush, especially if he's a strong safety or safety with a 10-yard run at him. So, yeah, it definitely is a key. It's a tendency. There's no question about it.
1: Uh, We got Earl in West L.A., he says, from the reports I've heard, it sounds like Clay Helton believed in Max Brown, and the rest of the coaching staff had more confidence with Sam Darnold. Do you think, in light of the obvious play-calling difference in the last two games compared to the first three games, that this could be true? Uh, Earl in West L.A. says, beat the Buffs.
0: Well, I don't know, Earl. I, I don't know who has more confidence on who, but I think uh you'd be... Stupid not to think that he recruited Max Brown. He feels loyal to Max Brown. Not that he didn't recruit Sam Darnold. And he wanted to make sure he gave this kid an opportunity. He's been there two and a half years. And uh, everyone knew who he was when he came. And everybody that went out the same year out of high school that he went out is in the NFL now. Doing pretty well. So has this kid gotten better? Or wasn't he coached up? Or what happened? So I think, obviously, there's no question in my mind he wanted to give this young man, and I think he deserved it. You've always heard me say this, the opportunity of being a starter. If it was even, then he should start. If it wasn't even, then you're not doing the best thing for your team, and the team knows that Sam Darnold's better, and you should start Sam Darnold no matter what. Now that's for them to decide. But it would be hard not to be a little bit more passionate as a football coach as far as with Max Brown. He stayed around. He's done everything that's necessary to, to play. He's a good kid. It just didn't work out. He just happened to be uh, at, the, at this time that things weren't going right offensively for USC. And, uh, normally you make a change of quarterback, and they made a change of quarterback, and the guy that took your place is absolut- absolutely doing a fantastic job. So now you're there, and obviously you're not too happy about it. You can't be. You're depressed about it if you're a winner. But you've got to give this kid support, and he's not getting the support on the sideline or anywhere that I think he should be having. I don't know how many people go to the game and watch the sidelines and watch the attitude and who kids are talking to. There's no one with him. He's all by himself. And I think that's wrong. I think he should be in the game with a headset, Feeling important about the offense, feeling important about being a team member and all that. I, I do. And, uh, I don't know what his future is going to be at USC, but, uh, we'll find out.
1: Yeah, I meant to, to look at him, uh, from the press box, coach. I totally forgot during the game. My mind just got sidetracked, but I wanted to kind of see. But yeah, it, it doesn't look, the, the one time I did glance over there, it wasn't, it didn't seem like he was all that involved. And I, I mean, obviously I don't know why that is or, that's by design or what but he doesn't seem like he's into the game
0: no he's not and i felt bad for him when he came into the game or towards the end of the game it didn't even seem like he wanted to be out there i didn't see him with a lot of life like come on guys let's get going let's get this thing going let's get in and get a score come on let's go i didn't see the competitive look in his eye and it was like let's just get it over and i feel sorry for that yeah because it's hard not to be a part of the game during the game as far as, you know, talking with the offensive coordinator, suggestions, hearing what the adjustments are or why that play's been called, and be there. And maybe, you know, when when Sam comes off the field, act like you care about each other. Because you're, you're playing the same position. Discuss what each other saw. When he went in the game, it was just like warm-up, he threw threw the ball around just a little bit and went in the game. Well, you know, you know, put your arm around him and say, "Let's get in there, let's get a score, let's get going." And uh, that's one thing I wasn't really happy about at the end of the game is with the effort and everything. Uh, you know, sure they got scored on twice, but hell, you don't want to get scored on. You want to beat the crap out of people you play, and even when you go in, if it's out of sight, you want to play hard. And I don't know if they played hard or coached hard during that last quarter or the, you know, the last 10 minutes or 12 minutes when they all went in.
1: All right, coach. uh, We got one last one for you. Joseph uh, from Monterey. He says, as always, I love the coverage from you and your team with USC football. You were often my only link to the team while serving in the Middle East for a couple of years. And I was always able to, to feel close to the school. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for your service, Joseph. He says, my question's for the coach. I posted a 20-minute highlight tape of Reggie Bush during his time at SC to the forum that I watched out of nostalgia because something caught my eye. Time is a funny thing as it goes by. I feel like we always blew teams out in the Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll era. But as I was watching the tape, it blew my mind how many games we were within a couple of touchdowns. We were down a couple of touchdowns in the third and fourth quarters. Then I remembered how great the halftime adjustments were from that staff, and how we could always seem to separate ourselves in the second half. Does the coach think any of the current coaches uh, have that uh, capability in their proverbial toolbox? Uh, And if so, what, and if not, will USC ever really be uh, returned to greatness under this staff if they can't constantly adjust mid-game? Thanks and fight on. Joseph from Monterey.
0: Well, yeah, you've got to be able to adjust. Uh, I think adjustments are part of any game. Cards, chess, don't make any difference. You adjust, and football's a game. So if somebody does something, you got to do something else. You've got to make adjustments during the game. You can't necessarily wait till halftime. you got to make these adjustments every series. As the game goes along, you gather with your team on the sideline, you sit down. Sometimes as a defensive coordinator, if you're in the, the box or an offensive coordinator, you have your quarterback put on the headsets, you talk to him, you do the whole thing. You have communication. We talk about that, preparation, communication, execution. Well, there's got to be this going on all the time. Yeah, otherwise, uh, you're not taking advantage of every single play. Every single play is a big play. You don't know what play is going to make the difference in a game. You can't wait till halftime to make adjustments. After the first series or two, you're making adjustments, but you really don't know when the game starts. You assume someone is going to play this defense. You assume they're going to run this coverage, but you don't know. So normally during the first series or two, you run different formations and so on just to see what their adjustments are to these formations so that you know what might work against that defense if you're in this formation. So you make these adjustments always during the game, offensively and defensively, all the time, because you're charting the offense, too, if you're a defensive coach, knowing exactly what people are doing, so that you can make the adjustments, too. At halftime now, you have more time to make the adjustments or go over the adjustments with the players themselves, where you're sitting there as a coordinator and as a coach sitting down and say, remember now, this is the way I want you to play this. Get on a shade rather than in the gap. Do this, do that. Uh, you have a chance to gather them together look at them eyeball to eyeball and get these adjustments again reviewed, which you've been making them all the time, and then decide in the second half if you're going to go with that or make some additional changes. This is on both sides of the ball. You've got to do this. You don't wait till halftime to make adjustments you got to make them all the way through the game. Now, at halftime, you have a longer period of time to make these adjustments, and you go out and you continue making adjustments during the game. Because if you don't make these adjustments as the game go along, you know, other people are ahead of you and you're going to get beat. So adjustments that are very... Now, in the Pete Carroll era, they had just great athletes, and they wore teams down. So a lot of times, their adjustments were adjusted but they just beat you to death because they would pound you pound you and pound you and eventually you submitted because you you came in at first in the first half and you're mostly fired up as a visitor you're 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 ready to play this great team and after a while your adrenaline just disappears because it's all gone and as the game goes along As that one national championship game went along, the Oklahoma game and the Orange Bowl, at the end of the game, Oklahoma quit. Well, that's what happens a lot of times when Pete Carroll and you have those dominant type of physical teams. It looks like you've made all these adjustments. You've made adjustments, but what you've done is beat the guy across from you to death. And eventually he quits or slows down and can't play at that pace, and all of a sudden you win and blow them out. So I think that's what the way I should answer that question.
1: All right. Well, Coach, hey, great stuff. Um USC gets the win. Needed win. This weekend's going to be tough, though. Uh Colorado team is much improved, and everyone's talking about, is it like 1991 again, where Washington's good and Colorado's good? Um But it's, uh, they, they look legit and that, you know, they were beating Michigan pretty badly early on and things kind of fell apart. Um, you know, but they've, they've turned it around. I think they're, you know, running the ball well. The offense looks really efficient. Uh, you're seeing the defense play well. This is not going to be an easy game. This is one of those where if USC plays well, you know, plays pretty good, they could still lose because I think Colorado is playing at a very high level right now.
0: Well, Colorado's playing at a high level. But I look at it, if if I bring my guys and you bring your guys and I'm an equally as good a coach as you are and I'm playing at home, I don't know who I'd trade on my roster for you, your roster. I don't know. Now, maybe at the end of the week I might have an idea. I haven't seen Colorado play that much. But if my players are better than your players and I do halfway a good a job of coaching, we should win. So way I would approach this game, they're good, but we have the potential to be better. And that's the way I'd go into this game.
1: Well, we'll see, Coach. And uh a little calmer. We didn't get any voicemails this week about people upset of what was going on. Um, and so it's nice. It's nice to be able to just have a more relaxing peristyle podcast talking about football, what's going on, not as much talk about who the next head coach is and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of nice, uh, little reprieve from what we've been experiencing the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, looking forward to, to seeing you out there, coach. And, uh, thanks again for, uh, coming on the show.
0: Well, thank you very much guys and uh, have a great week and we'll be back with you next week.
1: All right. Check him out. His uh, website is coach. is, excuse me, Harvey on Twitter. He's at coach Harvey Hyde. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast. We'll do a bunch more shows this week. We'll have Dan Weber. I think we're going to get Shotgun on, try to do a Colorado preview with our buddy Adam Munster-Tiger. So we'll do a lot of different stuff this week. Check back on the site, ParastylePodcast.com or uscfootball.com. So thanks again for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater.
0: You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com.